Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The 2021 Wimbledon Championships are now just days away, but there are still three tournaments spread across the grass courts of Europe this week before the action begins in London on Monday. And which players will succeed at the All England Club this year? Our experts will break down the most compelling storylines all week long. And we are checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms to bring you the latest info and entertainment. Protect the jewels at all costs. TC Live is next. Preparation's just about done. The grass courts are in perfect condition, starting to show some wear in Eastbourne and Majorca and Bad Homburg as well. Because we're getting deeper and deeper into these events, and we've got highlights and interviews coming up on the show over the next half hour. Plus, Number one ranked Ash Barty. She goes into Wimbledon as a favorite or an injury concern, perhaps both. And real or not real, it's video you're certainly going to want to see. And we'll have to decide amongst ourselves whether it's real or not. This is real and it is spectacular. It's our Tennis Channel studios in Santa Monica, California. My name is Russ Thaler. That's Chanda Rubin, as you know. That's Nico Pereira, as you know. And we are now into the later stages of all of our grass court events. How comfortable do you think these players are at this moment with grass in this shortened season? It depends on their natural skills. I think, I think some of them are more comfortable than others, and you can really see it. A lot of them went to get some more grass court, like we saw Kivitova right now. She went to get some more grass court play at the week before Wimbledon. Normally, they don't play it. But with the shortened season, it's going to favor the ones that feel more natural on this surface. And a lot of it is about, you know, who's sort of in a rhythm as quickly as possible. And that's why it's so important for these players to get matches under their belts. You know, the weather's been a little dodgy, so that's not always great. But everybody's in a similar position, and it's about, you know, getting as quickly as possible into a high level, high form in terms of their games. Well, we've hit that point where players can start seeing the, the end of the road, a trophy at the end of the road, at the end of the week. So let's get right to the highlights off to Eastbourne. We're going to start with the women. Coco Golf in action against Anastasia Sevastova. And, well, it started well for Coco, Chanda. It did. And, and this is always a tricky matchup. Uh, Golf has played Sevastova a couple of times before and got off to a much better start than she did in her previous match. Was moving well, was quick off the mark. Had her game from the ground yeah, working set. and a few more errors from Sevastova. That helped Goff take that first set, and she continued it into the second. It was a little tough in the middle of that second set. Goff, though, taking on the challenge of being aggressive, playing athletically at the net. Sevastova gets the last word there, but Goff would get up 5-2 in the second set. Served for it at 5-3, but couldn't yeah, close it out. Set. And Sevastova started they playing better, started finding her forehand. And into the third we went, and it took Goff a minute to kind of get over 
that big lead, losing that big lead in the second, and Sevastova was able to take advantage of it with four hands like that going behind golf. And in the end, it was Sevastova who was just the more solid player and another miss Damn, from golf. Nice. That was kind of the story in the second and, and third sets. Misses from the forehand. Sevastova moving on. Golf out in Eastbourne Arena. Sabalenka now the winningest player on tour in 2021, taking on Allison Risk. And this was an interesting match because they've had some battles in the past. But Sabalenka came out firing. She had so many winners off of her serve. She just could not miss. She barely lost a point behind her serve the entire match. And that first set must have felt like she got totally blitzed, blitzed if you're alley risk. But she recovered after losing that first set 6-1, got into the second, started holding her serve. That helped her make this second set much more competitive. But still, Sabalenka was so impressive. The way she stayed focused, she stayed solid from the ground. And in the end, the big serving, just nothing risk could really do. Sabalenka moving on. The quarterfinals now set in Eastbourne. The final eight look like this, Sabalenka and Camilla Georgie. There'll be some hard striking of the ball in that one. Ostapenko and Sviantek were also... Uh, Ostapenko was Coco Goff's doubles partner this week as well. And I want to get back to Coco Goff because Coco came back from love six, love two to win yesterday. Today, she's up a set and big time, 5-2 in the set. What happens? Well, that is not uncommon to happen to young players. I believe they can show their strengths. They can show certain level. Now, maintaining it is a different issue. What I think it's positive is that she's able to do it when she starts in the, with the wrong foot, and then she can correct it. It just happened the other way today against an experienced player in Sebastova. She's good on the grass, and Coco just made too many errors and was able to... Sebastova was able to stay in the match and she did so with ungaining confidence. Coco started missing shots yeah. like this one and, and that's yeah, all Sebastova needed to start hitting the forehand. When Sebastova is not confident, she is missing that shot but today she could do no wrong after getting back in that second set. But what is positive about this from Coco is that she knows how to win and as her career goes on, she's going to be steadier and steadier, and she has all the tools. I think, yeah, as, as Nico is saying, do those things sort of smooth out as you get more experience? I, I think so, and I think, you know, you start to understand how to play in different situations. Golf, you know, she still has so few matches compared to a lot of these players she's going up against, and she's having to work this stuff out live on in front of us, and that's not always easy. I also think, though, that she's got to have some cues because the forehand really went off today, and it was tough for her to recover once she started missing, and it's not just in her mind. A lot of players go through that, and you've got to have those specific cues on how to correct when you're in the moment, whether that is is, you know, giving yourself bigger target areas, pulling your shots in, but still going after it. She kind of got tentative, and that made the situation worse. It affected her confidence. So definitely think this is a learning experience, but there's some specific things she can take from it. Well, we'll see what she takes on to Wimbledon. That's what's next for Coco Goff. Let's stay in Eastbourne, the men in action as well. We got a look at the number one seed, Gael Monfils of France, and he's taking on Max Purcell of Australia, more of a doubles player normally. Uh, Purcell, 23, ranked 280. In the world from Sydney, and the problems continue from Monfils 2 and 8 this year. You have to add the four round losses 
at the end of 2020. So that's 12 first rounds for Gael in the last 10 months. And there is no reason why he should be losing to these kind of players. Ranked 16, of course, because of the COVID ranking. He's just not exhibiting the kind of tennis that got him there. And remember, this is a guy that at the start of 2020 won two titles in Montpellier and Rotterdam. He was playing some of the best tennis of his career. He seems to be in a good place in, in his personal life. But today, Purcell just too good getting the win of his life on the grass against the great Lamont. Max Purcell takes out the number one seed, 6-4 in the third in Eastbourne. Turn over to Mallorca and Roberto Batista Agu, taken out by American Sebastian Quarter in the first round last week facing the Italian Stefano Travaglia well, today. Well, you see Batista Agu ranked number 10 in the world. He's the third seed in a 250, in an ATP 250. So he came to look for some matches after losing first round today against Travaglia, a complicated, talented Italian player, the rank number 86. We saw him play last week against Berrettini in Queens, but Roberto looks solid. That's what he does. He loves playing on the grass, as he has shown in the past couple of times in the quarters of Wimbledon, and he got what he came here for, which was a good win. The light went off. Power went off in the middle of this one. They had to put in the human line judges. That was kind of interesting. Towards the end of the day, this was the last match of the day, and Bautista Good managing to win. There's Tomas Carbonell, his coach. They're happy in the corner. All right, so here's a look at the Mallorca quarterfinals, which are set. Medvedev Rude should be a juicy matchup to watch out for tomorrow. Now, yesterday, it was uh, it was tough to watch, guys, with uh, Dominic Team on the court. First time we saw him back since losing the first round of Roland Garros. Couldn't even make it through his match. Had to pull out. It seemed to hurt his wrist. Well, team went on uh, Twitter today and said, during the match, had a problem with my wrist. Immediately went to get an MRI at the hospital in Mallorca, but the results weren't that clear. Decided to go to Barcelona to check with a specialist. We're expecting those results to come back sometime tomorrow and a decision to be made on his Wimbledon status tomorrow as well. What's your gut? Are we going to see Domi team at Wimbledon? Probably not. I think the smart play would be to take care of this problem, at least figure out what it is and be certain that he's not doing more damage by continuing to play on it. And and that's if it feels even decent enough for him to play. You know, it's very tricky when you start getting those wrist and hand injuries. There's a lot of little bones and tendons in there. Uh, It was it seemed to be an acute injury because it happened within one strike during a, a particular point. So you've got to definitely take care of that and make sure he's healthy through the rest of the year. He's the defending U.S. Open champion. He wants to make sure he's ready for that as well. Yeah, no question. I agree with you, Chan. I think it's a no-brainer for Dominic to skip next week, especially the way it happened. It seemed to be the, the higher part of the tendon, and we know what happened to Juan Martin del Potro with that injury. Having said that, Dominic Team has been going through some tough times emotionally, and I think it could be due to that. He has not been spending that much time on the court. Chanda mentioned it was a very specific time that that happened. You better take care of that, especially if you have a career like Dominic Team has going. Hopefully we get some more news from Dominic Team tomorrow. We won't see him on the court, but we will see these players in action. We've got an amazing lineup of matches. I mentioned Medvedev and Rude, Angeli Kerber and Amanda Anasimova, Sabalenka and Georgie. That's some big hitting going on out there. It all starts at 6 a.m. Eastern here on Tennis Channel. Coming up, we're going to see Novak Djokovic playing some doubles and also, how about Ash Barty? How is she going to look at Wimbledon? Coming up, a couple different injuries that have really put a halt on some of her latest matches. That's when we get back on TC Live. 
The wait is finally over. We're live at Wimbledon and it's looking like a glorious day. Come on, you're missing it! We are at Wimbledon. The grass looking as immaculate as ever. 15 years of age. Next week, Grand Slam action on the grass at the All England Club is back. And we've got nightly coverage of Wimbledon on Tennis Channel beginning Monday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, Ash Barty says that grass is her favorite surface, but boy, she's had a tough time with some injuries lately. This is the quarterfinals in Rome against Coco Goff. She was leading, pulled out with an elbow issue. And then she went to Roland Garros. She was playing Magdalenette and she suffered a little bit of a hip and thigh injury in training, second round. And, well, Ash Barty is done. She'll go into Wimbledon as the number one seed, Chanda. But how worried are you about her body? Well, I remember in, in Rome with the elbow injury, she said it's something that periodically comes up. She wasn't too worried. She knew how to handle it, and she and her team were going to take care of it. At Roland Garros, it was a completely different injury. So that was a bit of a concern, okay? How How is her body holding up after not playing at all last year and now getting back into the grind, into the swing of things? And I think, you know, if she's healthy, that's first and foremost. It's incredibly tough to get a rhythm going into Wimbledon when you haven't had matches. I mean, you can have rallies on the grass more than you used to be able to do, but it's still difficult to have that instinctiveness when you just haven't been on the court. And so that may be the concern for Ash Barty. You know, part of her excitement and motivation about getting back to Wimbledon, that could help her kind of get over the hump if she can get going uh, in her first round or two. That will certainly uh, help. But it's going to be interesting to see physically she's 100% and then where she starts out not having had any any real matches in these last weeks. Well, remember, she turned an ankle before that match that she retired. So she was fearing that ankle, and I think that could bring in other issues. So I don't think that should be something to be concerned about, neither does the elbow, as you mentioned. And, and she openly said, Wimbledon is the one. That's the one I want. She won Paris before, so I think that could take a bit of pressure away from it. But her game is perfectly suited for this service, and I do believe that as an Aussie, you dream of winning this tournament, and I believe that she one day will win it. Is it this year as number one? It could be. We'll see. You know, there was always that question coming into this year because of the pandemic. She took most of last year off. Was she a deserved number one? Well, she proved that she was. In the early part of this year, she was beating everybody. Here's a look at the top six in the rankings. Remember, Naomi Osaka is not going to be playing Wimbledon. Simona Halep coming off an injury, but Arena Sabalenka the way she's going right now could actually overtake Ash Barty if results fall in her favor to reach world number one. How tenuous of a hold is Ash Barty's on the number one ranking, uh, Janda? You know, I think, like you said, Ash Barty proved that, you know, she deserved that number one ranking when she came back out this year and kind of picked up where she left off. But you expect there to be challenges. There are a lot of good players at the top of the game. And, you know, there's a target on Barty's back. She's used to that by now. And it's all about staying healthy and being fit, I think, and ready for the major events. So that's number one. Certainly someone like Sabalenka, we were looking at her a few years ago as maybe being 
a Grand Slam champion, being that next person to step up. She hasn't had the breakthrough at the majors yet, but I think it's coming. And I think the better she continues to play week in and week out, that gives her the confidence. So she's certainly one of those contenders up there. But, you know, it's no secret for Ash Barty that she's got to be ready week in and week out. And that's part of what you play for. Nico, who's the best player on the WTA Tour right now? On grass? Just Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Whatever. Well, they're number one player in the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the easy no, way no out, question. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, it, it depends. Iga Schweinthick, when she's playing well, but today she just disappeared after that first set. But Ash Barty, remember, she had a great clay court season before she had to retire in, in Rome and in Paris. She won a couple of titles. And this is a woman that retired for a year and a half, played cricket, came back, and won Roland Garros. So don't put anything too far away from her. Yeah, this is a question that's not going to be answered anytime soon. In fact, we don't have time for it right now. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in on Novak Djokovic, getting his tune-up for Wimbledon, playing some dubs. Playing some good and fun dubs, too. Eastbourne we go. A former top tenor, Daria Kazakina, against the current top tenor, Iga Sviantek, Nico. Well, this is one that it's hard to explain. Sviantek, Roland Garros champion 2020, playing like it in the first set. Good level of tennis. Kazakina has won two titles since she hired Carlos Martinez. He's coming back strong already inside the top 30. Look for good results from Daria. But Sviantek just disappeared after that first set. She lost eight straight games. Six love in this set, and Kasakina just kept up her good level. It's just that Schweinzeck went from 14 winners to three in that second, trying to recover her level in the third set. But give credit to Daria Kasakina. Great moving. She's hitting the forehand, striking the ball clean, serving very well. Schweinzeck has some cleanup to do before next week. She can play like the number nine player in the world, but today was not her day. Kazakina moving into the final eight in Eastbourne as we take you to Bad Hamburg and, oh, drama. Alize Cornet and Vika Azarenka. Yeah, this was a, a battle between two very good competitors into the third set, and Azarenka, more aggressive, got the early lead, would get up three love in this third set, but then had a little injury she was going to. Lower ab, upper hip area, would go out and get treatment around 3-1 or so in that third set. And when she came back, it looked like she couldn't move, but she found a way, Azarenka, to work it out. This was match point for Cornet. After Vika Azarenka had had match points, it went back and forth into the tie break. And this was some heavy hitting. But in the end, it was Azarenka showing some real poise, some guts out there. Tremendous point there using the variety. And in the end, it was Cornet again with the match point. And Vika had to hit through her. And she was undaunted. I mean, this was a gutsy backhand down match point. And finally, Azarenka able to take it in that third set. And it'll be a quarterfinal Thursday in Bad Homburg. Here's a look at your 
Final eight, Kvitova and Podoroska at the top. Cerebus Tormo and Azarenka, the top two seeds, are through there. Let's go back to Mallorca because Novak Djokovic, the world number one on the ATP Tour, playing some doubles with his friend Carlos Gomez Herrera, got through their first round match in a match tiebreak. At the number one seeds today, Marcel Granollers and Horacio Zibagios on the uh, other side of the net. This continues to be a head-scratcher. Noah Djokovic playing doubles with a guy ranked outside the 200s, but they seem to be having a good time, and I have nothing against that. But today was serious business against two guys that just won a title last week. These are a bona fide doubles team. There, there they are here taking the second set to take it to a decider breaker. It went toe-to-toe. But this time, it was not Novak Djokovic doing the good playing. It was his partner, Gomez Herrera, putting a good end to this one. And what a surprise as the winning continues for the improbable pair. Just check it out. That's having fun on the tennis court. Collar up and fired up. No way. He and Carlos Gomez Herrera are moving on. Big fan favorites there in Mallorca. All right. It is time for our social net. Oh, no, we want to talk Djokovic for a second? We will. We put the banner under it. We'll talk about it. But, Novak, how much does it matter to him? Do they want to win this title at this point? You see it? You want it? I think so. I think that's why he's playing. He has been very competitive. He's had fun, but it's a different type of pressure. He wants it. All right, so now that we've talked Novak, it's time to talk our social net. Let's talk about a little social media. And uh, first up, we have... uh, Tennis.com, looking at the last tournament title victories for some of the greats of the game, like Billie Jean King, John McEnroe. Jimmy Connors won his last title. I didn't realize this in Tel Aviv, Israel. Who knew? I guess he knew. Uh, Do you guys remember your last titles and where they were and what surface they might have been on? Chanda? (laughs) I didn't win that many, Russ, so (laughs) I should remember all of them, of course. Um, I I think my last title was probably Eastbourne, actually. (laughs) And there it is. On the grass. Yep. <laughs> Nico, how about you? Well, that's something we have in common, and I won even less titles, and it was on the grass as well. Yes. In Newport, coming up on their 25th anniversary of your of your title at Newport. It, it is, and I think I'm going to be there, hopefully. Well, they better roll out the red carpet for you <laughs> <laughs> on that one. That's all I'm saying. Okay, the other thing we do here is real or not real, all right? Check out this video. You tell me if this is real or not real. And this is from Functional Tennis. Uh, I'll tell you what Real or not real? What do you think? I mean, it's real, right? It's all about perspective, right? Oh, oh, wait, that? What part are we talking about? (laughs) Wait, which part are we... Is that real? That's just fancy camera work. Uh, that is, Love that. Love that, that. Is, that's really that's well done. That's very cool. Yeah. What do you think, Nico? I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's impressive. But nowadays, you know, you give it to a young kid, they'll probably be able to pull it off. Yeah, that's probably true. That's some, <laughs> <laughs> some, good, that's some good editing work right there. Yeah, what, what is happening? Are real or not us? real? The answer is these old folk don't know. <laughs> Coming up tomorrow, all the action begins at 6 a.m. Eastern on Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus with Eastbourne and Bad Homburg. We'll wrap it up with another beautiful edition of TC Live when it's all over. We're coming back. Wimbledon qualifying today. Seven American women winners. Yeah, fantastic. A few three-set wins. Lepchenko, Sasha Vickery. Uh, in three sets, as well as Katie McNally and uh, Asia Muhammad, Claire Liu. Fantastic for the American women. 
And as for the men, four American men now just one win away from qualifying for the main draw. Well, back-to-back wins. Nakashima had to go to distance against the veteran Troisky. The giant, Maxim Chrissy, keeps winning. This time in three sets, Dennis Cutler and Maggie McDonald's. All right, time for our hot shot of the day. And it was Amstraborg, a winner last week for the first time on the WTA Tour. It's Elena Ostapenko. <laughs> a leaping, falling winner from Jabor. Ostapenko only, would take the match. Only Ons Jabor, though. <laughs> Make that shot, leaping in the air and falling down afterwards. <laughs> Kept her head straight, though. That was pretty impressive. See, Belinda Bencic would have gotten up and hit another <laughs> ball after that, right? We saw that was the shot of play of the week last week. <laughs> Jabor is a shot maker. Yeah, no doubt at all. Here's what's coming your way uh, tomorrow. Nico, pick one. Okay, I'm going to go with the top one. Medvedev, I wonder if he has what it takes on the grass against Kasper Ruud, a player that just keeps on winning. And I'm going to go for the bottom. I'm curious to see that Sabalinka-Georgie match. It's going to be a lot of hitting, maybe not a lot of long points, but should be very interesting between a couple of players who are playing very high-quality tennis. Well, that was just an interesting half hour of television. It went fast. Nico, Chanda, good stuff. We're back here tomorrow to wrap it all up again. Our coverage begins at 6 a.m. Eastern time on Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus. Thanks so much for watching this edition of Tennis Channel Live. We'll see you all again tomorrow.